0: Hello everyone! Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to I'm Horrified, a podcast. We're really vamping. Yeah, I don't know why I'm doing this. (laughs) Why are we doing this? For a second I was gonna come up with a new tagline and then I was like, no. No, you can't do that without asking me first. (laughs) You can't rebrand on the air. (laughs) Um, maybe next time.
1: I'm Sam Buntich. And I'm
0: Allie Raynor and we're your hosts and it's episode 44. Woo! Woo! You guys, did you know we're going to podcast? Woo! Woo! We're it's, gonna be tabling on Sunday. Yeah, it's this weekend. It is this weekend. It is this wi- weekend. We're gonna be there. So if
1: you're listening to this on Monday, you have an opportunity, if you live in Seattle or are going there, to see us with your eyes. Yes, come to us. You can tell us if we look like we sound run into our arms. I beg you. I beg you.
0: We're gonna have candy. We're gonna have stickers. We might make shirts. We're gonna make shirts. I have a lot of iron-on letters that I just I mean, ordered. We bought the plain t-shirts to decorate. <laughs> we'll see if, we'll see if we do have any follow-through on anything, which is not our strong suit, but what are you gonna do?
1: But hey, we're 44 episodes into a podcast. I know! Sam, what are you gonna talk about this week? Today I'm gonna bring back a theme of Mary's with a rough life, and I'm gonna talk about Mary, Queen of Scots. Mary, Queen of Scots. You we're, know, I know how much you love to talk with the tutors. You know I do, and she is kind of technically a tutor. She's tutor adjacent. She really is. Yes,
0: she is. What are you gonna talk about, Al? I'm gonna talk about MTV's Next. Ugh, you've been wanting to talk about this for a minute. The thing is, I've talked about it already. (laughs) Like, I've described it, it's been brought up in other tangential ways, Mm -hmm. as we've talked about, like, the early 2000s, which, I mean, I've kind of cemented my brand at this point. Yeah. It's early 2000s. Absolutely. Um, even though that was objectively the worst time in my life, (laughs) but I love to discuss it. So, I feel like this is going to be a long one. So, let's Yeah, let's, let's brew some tea, let's settle in. Let's dive
1: into our Sweet Mary Queen of Scots. Um, this podcast is not sponsored by the movie, but it could be Sir Sharonin Call Me. Sir Sharonin Call Me. <laughs> Margot Robbie, you call me.
0: Saoirse, <laughs> Saoirse, call me. Can you call Allie? Please.
1: And we can get this uh, sponsored by someone other than Adam and Eve. That's Chris's hall pass. Did you know that? <laughs> Saoirse Ronan? Yes. And I would imagine it would be Margot Robbie.
0: No. No. He's a man of intelligence. <laughs> it's Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. It's Saoirse Ronan. That's awesome. Yeah. He was like, oh, I loved her in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Brooklyn is I know. the fucking reason. I know. In her cardigans. Yep. Love you, honey.
1: All right. <laughs> let's do it. So, uh, what is it about the name Mary. We've already talked about two Marys with garbage lives. You talked about uh, Mary Shelley. Yep. And I talked about Bloody Mary, who is Mary the First of England. It's a more obvious one. And now I'm about to bring up another Mary with a horrendous life. This name might be cursed. Uh, If your name is Mary, I hope you're okay. So, Mary Stuart was born on December 8th, 1542 at Linlithgow Palace in Scotland. Sounds hard to pronounce. It was a little. Uh, She is the daughter of the Scottish king, James V and his French wife, Mary of Guise. Or Marie of Guise, she's French. Uh, And through her dad, she is the great-niece of Henry VIII, who is the dad of poor Bloody Mary, who we talked about earlier. Got it. So her grandmother is Henry VIII's sister. I'm there. That's how she's related to these uh, garbage people. Basically, she has a very impressive lineage, and it comes in handy real quick, because on December 14th, six days after her birth, she becomes queen of Scotland when her father dies. Big yikes. So poor James was baby only- queen. A baby queen, yes. Poor James was only 30 when he died, probably from drinking contaminated water after a battle. And his last words were reported to be, and this is like written as if it's said with a Scottish accent, can you say it? You do better accents. <laughs>
0: what does that say? I have no idea what this would even- it came with a loss it'll gung with a loss yes what does that mean it means it began with a girl and it will end with a girl and oh
1: i get it what he's referencing is that the house of Stuart began when walter stewart married like the princess of scotland whose name was marjorie bruce and that's how they get their
0: um like royal title right i believe in the original translation it's pronounced if you had the chance to change your fate (laughs) would you just wanted to show Show off your scottish accent more that's just a brave accent (laughs) that's just a disney accent Um, so he's saying
1: that, like, now that, um, Mary is a baby queen, the house Stewart, there's no way they're gonna survive it. And he is wrong, but he's also right, because the last heir of house Stewart was a woman, Queen
0: Anne. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. What's, yeah, why is he so surprised?
1: (laughs) But, so he was, like, he was wrong that the line continued after Mary, but it was, like, foretelling that his line would end with a woman. That's true. So go, James, sorry you're dead. So, uh, this is a bummer time for Mary to be a baby queen because it was a rough time in Scotland. Much like in England, there is a really big pr- conflict going on between Protestants and Catholics, which is going to be a recurring theme in this episode. And Mary is a Catholic, which is just something we should be keeping in mind.
0: All the Marys are Catholic. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't know about Mary Shelley.
1: Probably. <laughs> She was sad all the time. She might have just, like, worshipped Satan or her poetry.
0: Yeah, no, I think maybe whatever she was on the surface, it was really witchy underneath. Yeah, so absolutely. That's fine. Um, so we'll talk about a
1: couple of Mary's engagements. Ooh. So, King Henry VIII of England has the idea, like, hey, we're neighbors, we're related, the baby queen should marry my son, Edward, and then, like, we can finally unite Scotland and England. do it so mary is six months old at this point and there's like a treaty that's kind of being floated that like once mary is 10 and edward's like 13 or 14 like this is really gonna happen uh but this does not work out Uh, a big part of that reason is because there's a lot of skirmishes on like the scottish english border and scotland keeps being like what if you stopped sending soldiers in here and the english are like what if you stopped being (laughs) catholic what's that we can't hear you (laughs) no keep going (laughs) pretty much yeah So this union never really works out. So then in comes the French king, Henry II, who I will now call Henri II, Mm. uh, to differentiate him from Henry in
0: England. Is he French? Yeah. Oh, good. I thought that was just a choice. The (laughs) the king of France? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm (laughs) so stupid sometimes. No, you're perfect. (laughs) So the
1: king of France is like, hey, we have a couple important things in common, Scotland. Number one, we're both Catholic nations. Number two, we both hate England. What if your queen, tiny six-month-old Mary, gets engaged to my son, the Dauphine Francis? And so that is the deal that ends up going through. So they become engaged. The French promise military help to Scotland. And also, like, a dukedom for the Scottish regent. Ooh, French military help. So exciting. (laughs) Really, really sexy. (laughs) And... Scotland is, like, we'll take any help we can fucking get. We love Catholicism. Send your people over here. And Mary, who is still, like, really little, is moved full-time to France.
0: (laughs) I'm so sorry. You have so much to get through. But what I'm imagining (laughs) – this is just what I'm imagining – is French soldiers running – they're larger than life, so they're running across the English Channel – um and <laughs> running
1: across the english channel
0: yeah and they're in full um regalia but underneath where <laughs> rifle should be there's baguettes nice i don't know why that just came into my head clear as day
1: i'm fully imagining the french taunters from uh, monty python and the holy grail yeah it's
0: like a mix of, <laughs> yeah. of, of those
1: <laughs> that's the mood
0: but so you know carry that imagery while yeah. you continue with the facts
1: that's what's happening so now we're going to move on to mary growing up in france So, she is considered, by contemporary accounts, vivacious, beautiful, and clever as she grows up. As is Saoirse Ronan, so. Yeah, there you go. Uh, At the French court, she is, like, everyone's favorite, except for Henri's wife, Catherine de' Medici. Uh, Oh, yeah. the, The queen is not a fan, but everyone else is like, look how cute she is. We love her. So, while well, she's growing up in France, Mary learns to play the lute and the virginals. She was really good at poetry, horsemanship, falconry. Falconry. N- yep, needlework. And she's taught French, Italian, Latin, Spanish, and Greek, in addition to speaking her native Scots. Basically, this is, like, the happiest, most normal time of Mary's life. So, like, get ready for it all to go downhill from here.
0: That was, like, um, uh, Blood Mary. Yeah. Well... <laughs>
1: As they're growing up and engaged to important people, it's like, everything's going to work out. And then shit goes sideways. One
0: day my prince will come, and
1: then it will be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, Mary's growing up, like, she's very much influenced by the French people around her. When she's 16, she marries the Dauphine at Notre Dame, uh, which is exciting. So she's now- exciting. She's now, like, Notre Dame. Right? So she's now the official, like, princess of France, in addition to being the active queen of Scotland. And she also, at this point, signs an agre- agreement that bequeaths Scotland to France if she dies without issue. Um, this does not end up being a problem later because she does have a son. But, like... That's a big... That was a bad move. On her part. Jesus. Yeah. Um, to me, that just shows, like, how under the French king's sway she was. Like, he must have really been a father figure to her. So when right. he was like, babe, sign these documents, she was like, right. sounds good. You can have my country. <laughs> Meanwhile in England, our girl... Bloody Mary, Mary I of England, passes away. Right. And she's succeeded by her only surviving sibling, Elizabeth I. In theory, this should have been none of Mary, Queen of Scots, business. Because according to Mary's will, Elizabeth was her heir. According to Henry VIII's will, no Stuart can ever get the English throne. Like, in theory, they're good. But in the eyes of a lot of Catholics, Elizabeth was illegitimate. Because she was, like, the product of a second marriage.
0: To a Protestant.
1: Yeah. To a Protestant. And made her dad get Protestant. All this bad stuff. So for all of these Catholics, Mary Stuart is the rightful queen because she's the last living descendant of, like, Henry VII.
0: Fair enough. You can make yourself believe anything.
1: Amen. So uh, Henri of France loves to stir shit up. So he's like actually I'm gonna have a whole ceremony and my son and daughter-in-law are the king and queen of England that's the authority that I recognize and like from across the ocean Elizabeth's like fuck you
0: it's like yeah weird flex but okay (laughs) (laughs) that's literally what it is like like he
1: starts always like dressing them in like the gold of England and like the English lion is on all their clothes and he's like oh have you met my son the king of England and his wife the queen of England and everyone's like weird they're 16 calm down <laughs> but he can't he will not uh but then he does because he dies from in- injuries sustained in a joust got it which is such a medieval way to die and therefore <laughs> francis and mary who are literally 16 become king and queen of france seems like everything's good good mary is a queen twice over of scotland and of france and a lot of people consider her the rightful queen of england
0: depends she's, who you ask.
1: she's killing it but her name is Mary, so not for fucking long will she stay mm. this happy. Her idiot boy husband has to just up and die. Oh, really? Yeah, so King, King Francis II dies um, in 1560 of a middle ear infection that leads to an abscess in his brain.
0: So terrible to be born anytime <laughs> before, like, 1985. And
1: also that feels like another, like, very medieval death. Like, a joust
0: and an ear infection right. are, like... Different ends of the spectrum, but the same energy. Though anytime it's anything to do with your ear, I'm like, Hamlet. <laughs> Poison. You've been poisoned. Who poisoned you? Yeah. That's... I think it was just an ear infection for Francis, but
1: well, we we can't know. Time will tell. So Mary's mother-in-law, Catherine de' Medici, becomes the regent because the late king's brother is only ten, so he's not old enough to take the throne. And as we know, Catherine and Mary do not get along. Oh, yeah. So, within months of Francis's death, Mary is shipped back to Scotland for the first time since she was five years old. Oh, that's weird. So she literally hasn't been back her entire life for 10, 12 years. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's weird. And so, like, she's back in Scotland. She's a widow. A lot of the complex politics are kind of going over her head because she just hasn't been living in it. As much as she's, like, smart and knows a lot of languages, like, she just hasn't been there. And half the population of Scotland really hates her because she's Catholic. And even the Catholics are like, wow, she's really French. Yeah. (laughs) It's worse than being Catholic. Being French. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so the big issue at first is Mary's illegitimate half-brother, who is the Earl of Moray. He is, like, the leader of the Protestant faction. And so he's like, I'm your brother, but also I'd like to kill you. I think your religion is garbage. Fair enough. Luckily, our teen queen Mary is very smart. And she basically comes in and is like, hey, what if we were all chill? Like, right now, most of the Privy Council are Protestant. And I'm just fine to let them still be the Privy Council, as long as you guys are fine with, like, me still being Catholic. Like, we can all just chill for one second. Just for a minute. And everyone's like, I hate compromise, but fine. Yeah. And for, like, a minute, it's okay in Scotland.
0: That's exciting.
1: Right? Good job, Mary. Sweet Mary. Good job, Mayor. I'm going to ah, call her Mare. I'm proud of her. Around this time, Mary starts writing letters to her first cousin once removed, the Queen of England, Elizabeth. And she's basically, like, kind of testing the waters. And she's like, that's crazy that, like, you're not married and, like, you don't have any kids. Like, it's like your closest living relative is me. Like, like, I would be your heir. Like... It's so strange. Like, isn't that funny that, like, technically, like, I should be your heir? Like, isn't that just so crazy? Like, what if we did that? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I was
0: kidding before, but, like, what if, I mean. (laughs) Like, what if we did it officially? No, no, I know it's crazy. But, like, what if we did that? Wouldn't that be so silly if you just legally made me your heir? We could do this for hours.
1: And at first, Elizabeth is like, no. (laughs) But then, it's actually very funny. At first, she's straight up like, no. Pass. But then, like, her advisors later say that, like, she goes to them and she's like, here's the thing. There's no one else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have any
1: other option. I really
0: don't have anyone else. I don't
1: want to get married. I don't want to procreate. She's next in line. Yeah. So, like, I'm telling her no, but...
0: Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah.
1: So, she writes back, and she's like, okay, maybe if you married someone English who I like, I'll consider making you my heir.
0: That's, that's fine. She's a widow.
1: Let's get some new dick in exactly. there. Exactly. And so Elizabeth really wants Mary uh to marry a guy named Lord Robert Dudley, who Elizabeth knows really well, really trusts, um, is also kind of Elizabeth's boyfriend. So Wait, like...
0: is he the guy in all the um Yes the movies? <laughs> yes. Oh, Dudley, he's played yeah. by what's his face?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Look Google all that. I don't need to explain it. You guys Google it. But yeah, Dudley appears in like every Elizabeth the First centered movie because like Got they it. were not confirmed lovers, Ooh, but... they were
0: banging. They were banging.
1: So, like, that was bold that she was like, marry my boyfriend, but she kind <laughs> of was. Uh, but then, what happens is Mary meets her English-born first cousin, Henry Stuart, Lord Darnley. Mm. Why do all our gorgeous Marys fall for handsome garbage men? No! <laughs> Darnley is, like, handsome, tall, dashing, Catholic, just like Mary.
0: Oh, I see a pattern.
1: And they have this whirlwind romance and get married in 1565. Uh, and they shouldn't have done that because they technically needed a papal dispensation because they were first cousins. But it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. The Pope is like, you should have consulted me, but this is fine. And they're good for it. Uh, it was not a good move for the uh, Mary's long game because it really pisses off Elizabeth. First of all, she's like, you should have asked my permission because he's an English lord. So, like, he's one of my subjects. You should have let me know. But more importantly, Mary and Darnley are both descendants of Margaret Tudor. And therefore, they both have a claim to the English throne. And if they procreate, their kid has an amazing claim to the English throne. Plus, they're both Catholic. So Elizabeth's like, you're just trying to create, like, a super competitor for me. And I'm pissed about it. (laughs) Elizabeth does not like it. So, meanwhile, uh, the Catholic thing also rubs, like, Mary's half-brother, the Earl of Moray, the wrong way, and he and all the other Protestant lords in Scotland are in open rebellion against her. Like, we don't like this marriage, he's too English, and too Catholic. And Elizabeth's like, I don't fucking like that you married him either. So this is a bad time. Like, we have different reasons. Yeah. (laughs) But we're both upset. We're all mad. (laughs) The enemy of my enemy is still my enemy,
0: but I'm just so mad. And Mary Stewart's just like I'm having sex every day because <laughs> yeah. I'm married.
1: My other, I love it. My last husband was like a boy idiot, so yeah. now I'm thrilled. Um, so Mary has to deal with that. She puts down the rebellion. She has to uh, banish her own brother. It's no fun at all. Meanwhile, turns out that Darnley sucks.
0: <laughs> no, I know.
1: He's not content with his position as king consort, and he wants the crown matrimonial, which makes him a co-sovereign of Scotland. And it means that if Mary dies, he has the right to keep the Scottish throne for herself, for himself. Mary is like, no. And the marriage grows strained, even though they conceive a child in October of 1565. So she's pregnant, but they're still like not into each other. Got it. He also gets really jealous of her friendship with her private secretary, David Rizzio. And there's like this rumor going around that Rizzio is the real father of her child, which like historians don't think is true.
0: But But that's like the castle
1: gossip. Have you heard? There's a rumor in St. Petersburg, right? There's a (laughs) rumor in St. Albans or something. There's a rumor in Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) So by March of 1566, Darnley has entered a secret conspiracy with a bunch of Protestant lords in Scotland. No,
0: come on! And
1: they murder Rizzio right in front of pregnant Mary at a dinner party. That is uncool i'm horrified i would be so mad at my husband i feel like i wasn't
0: even sleeping with him maybe but (laughs) i'm eating yeah and i'm pregnant right now and you're gonna kill someone right in front of me that is so rude right in front of my salad (laughs) Like, come
1: on come on uh darnley two days later is like meh i regret it and he like turns in all the other co-conspirators and mary takes care of them but this leads to the breakdown of their marriage how could it not yeah, I mean if you, I was like, Oh, this is my friend, and my husband was like, Cool, he's dead in front of you. I just
0: see them like in couples counseling, and she's <laughs> just like, So do you have anything you want to say?
1: And he's like, She always does this. She just comes at me so Do you hear this? It's this all the time, every day. Uh, on the plus side, Mary and Darnley's son is born in fifteen sixty six. His name is chain his name is James.
0: She's <laughs> so <you said> <laughs> <Jeez>, stupid. <Stuart. laughs> James Chase. Oh, I'll never get over that. She's a full hipster.
1: Um, His name is James. He's a little baby boy, so that's good. So by the end of November 1566, Mary and all of her leading nobles have a meeting to discuss, quote, the problem of Darnley. Divorce is discussed, but they're Catholic, so, like, they they don't want to do that.
0: So they settle on a different solution. And one of kill him yeah. you're nodding yes yeah they decide to kill him. they decide to
1: kill him one of the men involved in this plot said quote it was thought expedient and most profitable for the commonwealth that such a young fool and proud tyrant should not reign to or bear rule over them that he should be put off by one way or the other and whoever should take the deed in hand or do it they should defend so like we should definitely murder this guy and we'll all stick up for whoever does it yep it's gonna work out uh darnley gets sick around this time and mary who as we know is very nice goes to him to like help nurse him through his sickness it actually seems like they're in an okay part and reconciliation like might be around the corner they really seem to be maybe chilling out with each other then on the night of february 9th 1567 mary visits darnley and is like i hope you're feeling better i'm gonna go to this wedding celebration and then i'll be back later darnley's like great love ya bye Then, in the early hours of the morning, an explosion devastated the castle. So everyone's like, holy shit, the castle exploded. Thank God the queen wasn't in there by some miracle. And they're looking, and then they found Darnley dead, but he's in the garden, not in the exploded castle. And he looks like he had been smothered.
0: So that's different.
1: So, like, it's hard for an explosion to smother a person who who wasn't in the explosion. Or, you know, an explosion doesn't have hands to smother.
0: I get those two things.
1: Yeah. So it's a little uh, dicey. Fishy. (laughs) A little fishy. A lot of people are under suspicion for this, including, like, Moray, like, Mary herself, and then this other guy named Lord Bothwell. Ooh, evil name. Bothwell is a really popular Scottish lord, and there had been rumors that Bothwell and Mary were having an affair, although we can't know if that they was true They Just
0: any time a, a woman is in power, she's, she's like, oh, she's sleeping her way to the top. She's I know. Like, I'm simply the Queen of Scotland. Leave me alone.
1: But regardless, he was charismatic, he was a man of action, and by the end of February, he, he was generally believed to be guilty of Darnley's assassination. So everyone was like, it was Bothwell. Yeah, Bothwell did it. We all know. Darnley's father demanded that Bothwell be tried, and Mary was like, uh, yeah, we can try him and Darnley's father was like great i just need to set some time to gather evidence and mary was like no if you want to try him we'll just do it tomorrow <laughs> and darnley's father was like but i won't have any evidence <laughs> that's
0: weird but okay and mary
1: was like well you wanted a trial
0: this you have a trial we're doing it go trial
1: so <laughs> like bothwell is acquitted <laughs> cuz there's no evidence cuz they didn't give them time and at that point, he manages to convince two dozen lords to sign something called the Ainsley Tavern Bond. Jax. And they agree to support him because he is going to try to marry the queen. Mm. So this is the point where things get a little bit more bleak for Mary. So it's sometime between... Or no, it was the whole period. So between the 21st and 23rd of April in 1567... Mary visited her son for the last time, so she would never see her son again after this time.
0: Oh, that's sad. very
1: sad. He's still really young. On the way back to Edinburgh, Mary was abducted by Lord Bothwell and his men and taken to Dunbar Castle. Here is the really complicated thing. We really don't know if this was two people who were having an affair and in love and this was a plan they made, or if this was the abduction and rape of a queen. We do not know. Right. It could easily be one, and it could easily be the other. Like, historians have a lot of different opinions about that. A lot of them are very slut-shamey, which sucks. Yeah. But, like, we just can't know.
0: Right. So we won't cast aspersions on that. I mean, obviously, one is horrific, and one is saucy history, but we don't know, and won't cast aspersions. And it's like, I wish
1: I could tell you, like, but here's what I think. But, like, literally everyone's just like, we don't know. Maybe they totally were having an affair, and this was a plan, Maybe this woman was totally taken against her. Yeah, role.
0: it completely makes sense to me that a man is like, "Oh well, I want to marry and procreate with a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't need to ask permission to procreate yeah. with a woman because I am a man and it is history or current day. Mm-hmm. That makes complete sense to me. yeah so but in a lot of ways could be true.
1: it also makes sense that a woman is not allowed to express what she really wants. so she's yep. like, here's what you have to do.
0: You have to pretend to kidnap me. me. Yeah. So it it makes sense either
1: way. It's hard. It's a hard historical shitty thing. But the facts are that on the 6th of May, Mary and Bothwell return to Edinburgh, and on the 15th, they are married according to Protestant rites, just 12 days after Bothwell's divorce of his first wife. Gotcha. So they send that divorce through really quick, and they're married in a Protestant ceremony. So them's the facts. The marriage is not popular. Catholics consider the marriage unlawful. Since they don't recognize Bothwell's divorce, and it was done in a Protestant service. And Protestants and Catholics are shocked that Mary would marry the man accused of murdering her last husband. And yeah, also That's very Hamlety. Yeah. It also turns out that Bothwell sucks, and he and Mary fight constantly. The marriage is no fun. So twenty six Scottish lords, and they become known as the Confederate Lords, raise an army against Mary and Bothwell. Uh, and they get confronted, and Mary's, like, kind of ready to fight them back, but most of her troops end up deserting. Oh, no. So there's no battle, because she's just like, well, I don't have an army, so there you go.
0: (laughs) Isn't that I have egg (laughs) on my face. So awkward. They basically say, like,
1: Bothwell, get out of here, and he's like, peace. He runs away. And they take Mary, uh, to Edinburgh, where the crowds of spectators denounce her as an adulteress and murderer. The following night, she's imprisoned in Loch Levin Castle, and she is, like, imprisoned from then on in her life. And at some point between the 20th and 23rd of July, she miscarries twins.
0: Oh, So
1: she was pregnant. Which is very sad. For a variety of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's it's sad in general. Yeah. So, shortly after that, on the 24th of July, Mary is forced to abdicate in favor of her one-year-old son, James. So they're like, you're not the queen anymore. And her half-brother Moray, who's a Protestant, is made regent. And they basically tell her, like, we're going to raise James Protestant, just so you know. And she's like, I don't like that. And they're like, you're in jail.
0: Yeah. So there
1: you go. Uh, and Bothwell is driven into exile. He was ultimately imprisoned in Denmark, where he became insane and died in 1578. Good. I'm glad.
0: Yeah. I don't like
1: you. I'm glad you died crazy in Denmark.
0: <laughs> also very Hamlet. Jesus Christ. What's wow. going on with this? I like to imagine that Hamlet was happening while all of this was happening and while he's tie-ins. <laughs> A lot of drama. So poor Maryng is
1: no longer queen, but she's still alive, which is very awkward. Like, usually yeah, like, that's you not do the do way it me? goes. She is in prison, um, she's moved to England and is, like, in English custody, technically. And she's really expecting Cousin Lizzie to kind of help her out here, one queen to another. And Elizabeth is like, I will think about it, but we do have to put you on trial to figure out if you helped murder your husband. That's I just totally something- I forgot about that.
0: Who even cares?
1: <laughs> I know. Well, Elizabeth does. And Mary's like, I'm a queen and I don't recognize the authority of the court. And
0: Elizabeth's like, I don't care, we're doing this inquiry. <laughs>
1: That's, like, every conversation they have that's is, like, some, that's very
0: Trumpy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the president. I don't recognize the authority of Congress. Yeah.
1: It is, like, every conversation they have, one of them's, like, well, I'm a queen. And then the other one's, like, I am also a queen. Like, yeah. Like, you don't get to lord that over
0: me. Two queens here. <laughs> yeah. Two dope queens. <laughs> two, liter- <laughs> quite literally, two dope queens. Yeah. More, like, two dopey queens. <laughs> than I'm, I'm a... going to cut that out. That's horrific.
1: No, I liked it. so as evidence against mary um moray presents these things called the casket letters which are eight unsigned letters purportedly from mary to bothwell two marriage contracts and a love sonnet that had been said to have been found in a silver casket less than one foot long and decorated with the monogram of king francis ii mary's first husband yikes so mary's like i didn't write those (laughs) yeah they're not signed i didn't write them but everyone else is like this is a smoking gun It proves that Mary and Bothwell were together before Darnley's murder and that they both wanted it. And, uh, they, like, they're sending copies to Elizabeth and they're like, if these are real, this proves Mary's guilt. And Mary's like, I don't know what to tell you, I didn't write them. And again, like, uh, the problem is historically, like, we really can't know. Yeah. Whether or not she wrote them.
0: They're not signed.
1: Um, and there are, like, this is literally, like, a big historian fight, is they fight about the casket letters Um, but, like, there's not that many surviving copies, and it's hard, and history can be really frustrating. So, at that point, like, most of the court is like, the casket letters are real, and you're bad, and you're guilty. And that's what happened. Um, but Elizabeth concludes the inquiry with a verdict of nothing proven. So, she's basically like, we can't prove that Mary was in on this murder, but, like, We're also not going to say that the Confederate lords were wrong for dethroning her. It's weird
0: to make that choice.
1: Yes. But okay. So this is actually Elizabeth's plan the whole time. She does not want to convict or acquit Mary of murder because either one of those is, like, a choice. And she's a politician and politicians don't want to make any choice. So it's, like, actually very masterful. Yeah, that makes sense. Because what she does is, like, Moray goes to Scotland and he becomes, like, a Protestant leader there. And she's like, great. Love a Protestant. Mary stays in Elizabeth's control, but Elizabeth is also, like, not forced to, like, do anything bad to Mary. So it's just, like, it's a masterful stroke on Elizabeth's part, this non-trial. Love it. But now Elizabeth is imprisoning another queen, which is stressful. Yep. (laughs) A lot of lords, um, are saying to Elizabeth, like, you know what you should do? You should have me marry her.
0: How convenient.
1: And then, like, I'll just keep that shit locked down. Yeah. Yeah. And Elizabeth's like, fuck no, like no. I'm not doing that. Uh, and what she does is she put she puts Mary in the custody of a man named the Earl of Shrewsbury and his quotes formidable wife Bess. The, <laughs> <laughs> the formidable wife in quotes comes from a Wikipedia article, and I'm like, I love that that identifier has survived the ages. I love that that she's considered formidable. And they transport her around a bunch of castles that are all landlocked and far away from Scotland. And Mary has a retinue of 16 people, but she's still pissed because she's like, I'm a queen. Let me out of here. And also, like, Scotland is going to hell. The king is a baby. The Earl of Moray <laughs> gets murdered. The Protestants and the Catholics are freaking out. So much is <laughs> happening. So for one second, Elizabeth is like, maybe Mary can go and be the queen again. And I just need her to convert. But everyone hates that idea, including Mary. She's like, I'm not converting. Elizabeth is like, fuck. Okay, oh. Shit. I just, uh, I don't want you to be my prisoner, but I also don't want you to be the queen. Fuck. Right. Pick one. Our girl Mary is not sitting idly by. She is plotting.
0: Plotting. There's so
1: many plots. She's writing tons of letters I've to people. i lost
0: count of the plots.
1: I know. She's basically saying like, hey, I'm in jail and it sucks bad. I'm the rightful queen of Scotland and England. And if you can get me out of here, I'll take the crown of both nations and I'll reward you and Catholicism will reign. Uh, it's not her most brilliant move to write these thoughts down. <laughs> Because she ends up getting discovered in something called the Babington plot, which is just basically these two guys, one of whose last name is Babington, and they're like, here's our plan. It's brilliant. Number one, (laughs) we go to Spain and France, which are both Catholic nations, and we convince them to invade England so we can depose Elizabeth and we can bring Catholic Queen Mary to the top. Number two, we assassinate Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) It is not an original idea, but a plan is a plan.
0: Is this the part in the movie with Kate <laughs> Blanchett where they uh, try to hit her with an arrow? I don't know. Never mind. I'm not sure, but it could be. <laughs> it, could it could be. be. Could be. Um,
1: the crazy thing about this plot is that it is infiltrated by Elizabeth's spy master, Francis Walsingham.
0: That's not a real person.
1: It is. And he's, his title is Spymaster. And (laughs) Mary, like, thinks that she's sending these letters very covertly, but, like, he's, like, infiltrated it. So, like, he gets the letter and then he, like, reads it and decodes it and then reseals it and still sends it. And sometimes he, like, adds stuff to the letter. Like, he'll be like... Um, in your next letter, can you just list everyone involved in this plot so I know? Thanks, Queen Mary. And it'll oh just, like, add that in a postscript. Oh my gosh. And, like, then he gets back, like, oh yeah, Queen Mary, well, everyone's name is, like, Greg and Tom, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, that happened. So this is very bad, that this gets discovered. All the co-conspirators are found guilty, and then Mary herself goes on trial. Here's the horrifying thing, her own son does not vouch for her.
0: No, because at
1: this point he is trying to be named heir to the English throne, so he doesn't want to get on Elizabeth's bad side. So he cannot fight for the life of his mother.
0: Oh,
1: it's really sad, and he doesn't even know her because the last time he saw her, he was one year old.
0: Oh, how old is he now? Like in his teens or twenties. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, she's in prison for a long ass time, so she's found guilty, and the sentence is death. Elizabeth is hesitating to or to officially order her execution. Even though everyone is like, "Please kill this woman," it's so inconvenient that she's still alive. <laughs> um, it's not because Elizabeth wants Mary alive; she's just worried that the killing of a queen sets a bad precedent. Because what if, like Mary's <laughs> son what if James, just start loving doing that? <laughs> yeah, like, no, this is her worry. What if James, the son of this woman she's about to murder, ends up forming an alliance with other Catholic powers? And invades England, and they depose her. Then they can just kill her. Uh, So Elizabeth ends up asking uh, the guy who's keeping Mary, like, imprisoned, if he could, quote, contrive a clandestine way to shorten the life of Mary. So she's like, could you just murder him so I don't have to write this executive order? And he's like, no, that is against my conscience. If you want this woman dead, you have to fucking do it.
0: You gotta do it hard. She does.
1: so, And she does. So Elizabeth signs the death warrant in 1587. Which sucks. And she didn't want to do it, but she had to. Mary is deeply inconvenient to have a life. So, on the evening of the 7th of February, 1587, Mary is told that she will be executed the next morning. Rough. She spent the last hours of her life in prayer, distributing her belongings to her household, and writing her will and a letter to the King of France. She, when she went to the scaffold and her maids took off her clothes, Um, she was wearing like a velvet petticoat with the sleeves that were crimson brown, which is the color of martyrdom in the Catholic Church. So it was like one more fashion, fuck you.
0: Yeah, it's a bold move.
1: Uh, and then as she disrobed, she smiled and said that she, quote, had never had such grooms before, nor, nor ever put her clothes off before such company.
0: Oh, that's so fucking saucy at the end of your life. I know.
1: And then she was blindfolded, knelt down, spread her arms, and her last words were, in Latin, uh, in manus tuas domine, commendo spiritum mimum, in thy hands, O oh lord, I commend my
0: spirit. She's a classy broad. Um, trigger warning. Oh no. <laughs> Mary was not beheaded with a single strike. Oh, yikes.
1: Uh, so the first blow missed her neck and struck the back of her head. Ugh. The second severed her neck except for a small bit of sinew, (laughs) which then the executioner had to cut through using his axe. And then he held up her head and declared God save the queen, but he did not realize that her famous auburn tresses uh, at that point were a wig. And so when he lifted up her head... He kept holding the wig, but the head fell (gasps) and revealed that she had this, like, short gray hair because she had been in prison for, like, 20 years, so she had lost her glamorous hair, which is fine. But, like, it was a shit show. So, like, witnesses there say that her lips, like, kept moving for 15 minutes after (gasps) her head was cut off. And also that one of her dogs had been hiding in her skirt, and they didn't realize. And then, like, after she was beheaded, the dog, like, ran out, covered in blood. What the fuck? Running around the execution block. It was grim. It was a grim fucking ending for our girl.
0: Oh, my God. I'm um, horrified. Yikes.
1: Yikes. Yikes boy. The good news is her son became king of England.
0: Okay. I don't care about that that much now. Yeah.
1: It's hard because, like, that was what a lot of her life was about was, like, becoming the heir to the English throne.
0: Right. But, like, in a way, like... So it's like
1: she did it, but at what literal cost? Yeah. In that, like, she did not raise her son. Like, her son was Protestant, which, like, she would have been miserable about. Yeah. But that's Queen Mary, y'all. I'm sorry that I had to tell you oh that my story. Oh my god.
0: That's horrible. She had a
1: bad taste in men. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's everyone's downfall. A cousin
1: who was not loyal.
0: Mm. <laughs> and her execution was very bleak. But that was a great story. Thank you. You told it so well. Here's another in, a, another chapter in our book of Mary's. I love your history ones. Those are my favorites. Thanks, babe. Um, But now let's talk about something that's um as bleak, but in a different yeah, way. Yeah, let's talk about something else. So I have long said that I would cover this. I'm so thrilled. Finally the day is upon us. We've all gotten to know each other pretty well, mm-hmm. I think. We've gotten personal. We've gotten real here. It should not come as a surprise to anyone that MTV reality shows were a very important part of my teendom. Absolutely. Would you say that as well, Sam?
1: Yeah. I mean, I did a whole segment on the VH1 ones, exactly, which were my so preference. So this is a
0: sister, yeah, sort of. But you segment. already
1: you spoke to us already about um, tila te- tila Tequila 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 exactly T- tila Tequila yep. um, tila Tequila 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 uh, and now you're going to speak to us, we're going to go even deeper down the MTV yeah. rabbit hole. There's,
0: there was a day when I was like, I'll just talk about MTV reality shows, and so I was like, nope, we're going down the fucking list, let's yeah. do this. I mean, there's so much to cover. Oh, there's, you know, we could go on. So picture this, you're Allie Rayner and it's 2007. I'm there. You're 13 years old, it's the prime of your life.
1: Uh, I'm so cool. Your
0: jeans are unbearably low and desperately tight. Oh, love it. Your hair is straightened to within an inch of its life. Love it. And you are clinically depressed. Perfect. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the dream. Yeah, it's the American dream. So you've been gently cyberbullying your peers on aim <laughs> for a couple of hours. And you decide to take a break from that <laughs> and watch TV in the kitchen while eating some kind of themed Pop Tart. Do you remember that? Like I it was do. like a, a Shrek themed Pop Tart yes. or like a Uh, lizzie mcguire themed
1: pop tart important question for the for the image in this story what away message do you put up on aim oh um is it all the initials of your best friends but you leave out one girl that you're kind of mad at yeah
0: but i'd also put like some kind of weirdly passive aggressive (laughs) romantic um line that was about no one like i I can't let you go but like that wasn't about anyone yeah (laughs) um but yeah i did the i did the little initials i did too i always did the initials yeah so I'm eating that Pop-Tart, Sam. Mm-hmm. And what's running on MTV in a three-hour marathon? Is it next? It's next.
1: Thank God. So,
0: like, I pray to the Lord above that many of you also had this as part of your formative years. <laughs> but for those of you who didn't, I'm going to walk you through it. The basic premise is that there is a young bachelor or bachelorette looking for love. Yes. For passion. Absolutely. A romantic spark. hmm And they've tried everything else. They've tried dating. They've tried... Going to cooking classes. I know. They've tried eHarmony because Tinder doesn't exist yet. That's hard, and they just can't find that very special one. So the only option they can see is to have MTV bring them a bus of suitors. Uh, this is like a proto bachelor. It is. It's just a very low budget bachelor, <laughs> a, a smaller, more low budget bachelor. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so this is what happens. There's one person at the center of it all who's, like, the, I don't know, protagonist? What yeah, would you say? The they're the decider. They're the decider. And they're in this date spot. Like, they're outside. They're usually outside. In what more often than not looks like an abandoned soccer field. Yeah. It's always, like, a <laughs> wide, empty, or like grassy an, field. like, just, like, a parking lot. Yeah. But there's, like, a date set up in this yeah. open field. Um, and right next to that is a bus filled with guys ready to bone down. Yeah. It's usually, like, five or six, I think. I mean, think right? it's five. There's five. five people on the next bus. And for some reason, I'm imagining it as a heterosexual woman choosing between a bevy of men, but they have men choosing women, and they yeah. also had gay episodes. That's um, fun. So, the, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to the... I'm so glad we ended homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, we did the with Teal Tequila Shot of Love as well. I know. So glad MTV fixed it. Um, so the stage is set, you've got your lady, and her hair is burned straight, like mine was at the time, and you have five men who all bear a passing resemblance to Eminem, Mm -hmm. and they're waiting to win her hand. Or the Sugar Ray guy. Or that guy. Those are the two guys that come out of that Those are the two guys you could look like in 2005. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so the way that this works is that each of the five guys comes out one at a time to meet our beautiful young maiden. Let's give her a name. What should we call her? Oh, gosh uh Sandra Sandra yeah that's that's way too classy okay uh, Tiffany Brittany. Amber Tiffenbur let's do that Tiffenbur Tiffenbur greets these guys as they come off the bus yeah. and says something like hey there sport i'm a country girl so i need a man who feels home on the range and then they do something so contrived <laughs> and forced that's like lassoing fake bull like I something love that. that just takes her personality, or how she has described it, and just, like, pulverizes it. (laughs) She's like, I like to cook, so we're gonna clean this oven. Like, just something so (laughs) stupid. Like, I couldn't even describe. Um, so while they're doing this, like, horrific fake dance of activity, they're chatting each other up. And here's where the merciless guillotine of Next delivers its crushing blow. Mm. She's talking to guy number one. And he mentioned something like, he was raised by a single mom, and, yeah. you know, he has a great relationship with this mom. And in any sane world, you would say something like, oh, that's so nice, and yeah. you'd move on with your date. That's cool. But in this situation, Burr is not having it. <gasps> no. She says something... Along the lines of, so, like, at the beginning of the episode, she'll be describing herself, and she's like, my last ex-boyfriend was, like, a total mama's boy, and Uh. so I'm not looking for that. So they plant him, they make sure he says that. Yes. So, then she'll say something like, Jake, in my castle, there can only be one queen. Next! (laughs) Like, something like that, that no human being could possibly Uh, say organically. That's how I hope I break up
1: with my boyfriend
0: of eight years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly um i mean every single line that comes before and next like it's is so gold. stupid it's beautiful it's, it's so good it's delicious but so immediately we didn't name him joel 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 <laughs> must scrape his pride up and return to the bus oh, to be mocked by the other men yes There's or a- he's like she wasn't even that hot yeah she was just a slut like good luck with that bro lots of really good things happening for feminism on Next. Mm -hmm. So there's another element to this that I forgot to mention. For every minute that you last, you get a dollar. I forgot about that! I forgot about this too. So depending on how long the person in charge can stand you, you like, you know, they're talking for 15 minutes before you get Nexted, you make $15. So that feels incredibly low stakes, but okay. (laughs) So how this plays out in the show's narrative arc is that at the end, more often than not, the leading person will find someone they like and they want to keep going out with. Mm -hmm. So they tell that person, you know, Joel. It's a different Joel. It's a different Joel. Joel. It's
1: Joel B. (laughs) instead of Joel M.
0: Joel B. (laughs) I'm having a really nice time with you. I can tell that you've got a country soul and so do I. We've been on this date for 34 minutes. So, you can either take the $34 (laughs) and run, or take a chance and go on a second date with me. I'm doing a really good job. You really are. I'm killing it with the accent. I'm in it. I feel like I'm in it. So, now where this breaks down for me is that this show ran from 2005 to 2008, not 1934, when $34 would be a value to anyone. So like I, even if it was if it was like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars no or like that thing we talked about that happened at the end of Joe Millionaire where you depict, to pick like <laughs> loving the guy or like it you know it was yeah. a trick whatever. But no, it's, like, 35 bucks, and, like, does that change your mind? <laughs> like, wouldn't you just not take that $35 to just, you know, keep this, give this girl her pride? Like, no. Like, what world is this? Well, she just ruined the pride of probably three guys ahead of you. That's true, but not your, I don't know. I don't know. So that's, I mean, that's it. There she blows. That's Do you know show. what I mean? Um, what a crazy it's show. poetic in its simplicity. My favorite part, by far, was when someone was instant nexted. Yes. Now, even non-viewers can probably walk themselves through what I mean when I say that mm-hmm. it was a phenomenon in the days of next when someone would walk off the bus and the person choosing them would immediately say next and it was this just like how do I describe it it was like this blood sport mentality when it really were watching was. the show oh my god and it's it's how I imagine the Romans felt watching people gladiate yeah. like you want it to happen uh-huh. but you know how cruel it is but you you need it to happen yeah you accept you're it. desperate for it. So, yeah, I think I've covered all the elements of the program. Have I? Did I get it all? I think you got it all. Um, I have to say, I'm not making this up. Everybody should go look at the Wikipedia page for MTV's Next because it is absurdly detailed. (laughs) Whoever wrote that is, like, a PhD doctoral candidate at Harvard. They wrote out every aspect and, like, every possible thing that could happen. Like, here's a quote from it. Quote, once a dater was sent back in the RV, the dater would usually say either a positive or a negative thing about the person to give the remaining daters an idea about the contestant. If the dater was one of the first four in the order, the next dater in the lineup would exit the RV and begin a date with a contestant <laughs> following the same identical format. If this were the last dater in the order, the segment ends as all five daters have been quote, nexted. <laughs> Like did a bot write that? I love that. <laughs> I love it. It's all like that. It's so. It's too long. But that I love was it.
1: someone who needed to write a paper. I know. And they were like, or the other way I can be helpful <laughs> yeah,
0: to the world is
1: really updating the and next. And thank page God they
0: were there for on me on Wikipedia. <laughs> so I'll end with this, and this is the part I purposely left out so I could talk about it now. As each contestant leaves the next bus, there is a little freeze frame <gasps> of them exiting, and to the right. There are three facts about them that pop up. Yes. So we get to learn a little bit about our lovely contestants. And these three facts are, without fail, batshit weird every single time. And they would sometimes highlight things that um,
1: the person had just said they hated. So, like, the girl would be like, my ex was obsessed with his mom. And then, like, Joel M. would step off the bus and it would be like, mama's boy. Yes,
0: exactly. Um. So I'll give you an example of one, please. So Matt is 22 years old, so it Mm -hmm. says, Matt, 22, and his three things are, has a chronic sweating problem, offended by people who eat veal, and had sex while talking on the phone to his pastor. (laughs) So, like, all the things are, like, weird or sexual Mm -hmm. or gross, like, he really nailed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, what I thought would be fun is if we we played Two Truths and a Lie with a few of these, and I'll tell you what it is right after so I can't do that thing that I did during Spike TV. Okay. Um, so, Zach, 25, nicknamed Senior, caught naked by his best friend's mom, and made out with a girl while his dad was driving. (laughs) Um, I would say, uh, caught naked by his best friend's mom is not true. Nope, that was true. (gasps) um what all was, right. wait what was it? he was the his nickname oh. his nickname was actually junior <laughs> i was getting lazy you motherfucker um all right ashley 20 collects starburst wrappers idolizes britney spears pooped in a box and mailed it <laughs> to her ex-boyfriend <laughs> which is it um it's not the last one is it the britney spears one <laughs> it is that one yeah Alright. Jaron twenty-two. What <laughs> is, is spelled J A R R A N. Jaron. Jaron. <laughs> Kicked out of Arizona State University. Owns fifty pairs of jeans and can't stand girls with bangs. <laughs> <laughs> I bet those are all true about yeah, Jaron. <laughs> no, it was he couldn't stand girls with um, belly button piercing. Oh, interesting. But I
1: bet our girl had like a very ostentatious belly I'm button sure. piercing.
0: Uh Liz, eighteen hopes to star on Broadway, thinks Michael Moore is hot, and wants cankle reduction surgery. This is hard. Uh, Michael Moore is hot. No, they're all true. Damn it! <laughs> I did it with the last one. Allie! I know. Uh, um She thinks Michael Moore is hot. <laughs> <laughs> I know! That's the girl after my own heart. Um, what do you think yours would be? Oh, God. I thought about this. What would yours be? Mine would be, um, Allie, 24, <laughs> loves the smell of dryer sheets, <laughs> accidentally peed a little bit in an Uber once, and spent junior year of high school addicted to NyQuil. <laughs> yeah. All those things are true. Yeah. What would yours be? I don't know. I'd Think be, a, it.
1: I'd be nexted before they could even, <laughs> <laughs> they like, the people would be in process of putting yeah. up the graphic,
0: and they would just be like, next. You'd like, come <laughs> out mid-finger guns, and they'd be like, no, thank you. I would never next you. Mm.
1: Huh. Cause if it was two thousand five I would have been marrying just a massive hoodie.
0: Yeah. Oh that's so. true. I feel cleansed that we <laughs> talked about this. Yeah, you're I finally feel like free. I can shed it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we my covered God. a lot of historical ground today, yeah. I will say that. And I mean I'm... I think that mine was a little bit more thoroughly researched, yeah. but you know, you did your best. It's it's the the thing is like the, the conflict
1: between the Catholics and the Protestants in Tudor era England and Scotland is so easy to cover. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's been done before, you know, no offense, yeah, but it has been done before. But Jaren's hang-ups romantically, yeah. it's a cornucopia I'm breaking of stuff. new ground, <laughs> and you're welcome for that. Thank you, and um, I'm horrified. <laughs> we're horrified. Um, how do we wrap this up? Oh, please, um, so if you're listening for the first time, please hit subscribe. Yes. Follow us on Twitter at I'm Horrified Pod. Do it. And we're going to be, like we said, we're going to be at PodCon next weekend. So if you're coming, come to our table on Sunday and come say hi. We'll be tweeting all weekend, um, you know, interacting with you guys. And we're going to be giving away stickers. And even if you're not coming to PodCon, if you want a sticker, all you have to do is this. Write us a review on iTunes. Step one. Take a picture of it. Step two. Screenshot it if you want. Step two and point step five. Step two B. Um, and then you can send that to us on Twitter or at our email address at I'm horrifiedpodcast at gmail.com and we will mail you a sticker. That's such an easy three-step
1: process to get a sick-ass sticker. Yes, go
0: do it. It really helps us. It really helps our numbers. All that stuff. Um, so... There's a couple things for you to do. Yeah, that's some homework for you, babes. And in addition to that, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified.